It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Sister Stephanie Belia. She's part of the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago. She was an elite runner. She is an elite runner, I should say, competed at the collegiate level at the University of Illinois on their cross-country team, which was nationally ranked. And now she's got into long-distance running, in fact, marathons for a great cause. I'd like to welcome Sister Stephanie Beliga to Blessed to Play. Sister, great to have you on. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I want to talk about your passion for running because obviously you were quite good at it, but somewhere along the line you decided that you basically fell in love with running. So talk about how that came to fruition. Yeah, um, I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, where I um, had started running at the age of nine, and then I ran at a pretty high level in high school. I won a lot of conference championships and ran at state, and then got recruited to run for University of Illinois, um, where I was ran, and I was the sixth best freshman in the nation, um, and I was on a very amazing nationally ranked cross-country team, um, and so... Um, because of the combination of, of being good and loving running, um, I became pretty obsessed and focused on running as the main central focus of my life at that point in time. So why don't we talk about cross-country? In fact, not everyone who listens to this show uh, knows about sports, but when we're talking about cross-country, you didn't start off in New York and ran, run to California. But uh, talk about what cross-country running is at the collegiate level. For sure. Cross-country running is in college is any running that's on a track. So all cross-country essentially is on trails or grass. Uh, in college, you, women run 6K and men run 10K, um, uh, which is like uh, 3.6 miles is, for women is, is a 6K and men is 6.2. Um, all run outside, no matter the conditions and temperature. It's a great time. So competing in the Big Ten for the Illini, uh, we know in football, Michigan, Ohio State, what were your natural uh uh, rivalries at the cross-country level while competing for the Illini? Oh, great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. Um, our main rival was Michigan um, because our coach, my coach used to coach for Michigan, so we were pinned up against them frequently to try to beat them. And then um, we were – oh, Minnesota also was very good at the time I was at U of I, so we were also frequently um, attempting to get ahead of them as well. But mostly at, at the collegiate level, you are – Conference is important, but national meets are more important. So it was more about national ranking than necessarily your conference competition. Now, we talk about runners having the runners high. Did you experience that when you were competing in a respective cross-country race? Um, so runners high, yes. Sometimes runners high is rare, kind of like reaching contemplative prayer. It's not like you sit down every day and reach runners high. Um, it's a sense of once in a while it happens and it's kind of unpredictable and you hope that it that it happens the day of a race because um, mm -hmm. that leads to usually really great performances. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just a combination of endorphins and all these sorts of chemicals in your brain that makes everything in your body work correctly to uh, run really fast. It's a great experience. 
highly suggested for everyone, but you have to run a lot to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, it must be a great feeling of euphoria when you have that. And if you're competing in a race, you know it's going to be a good day. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with sister Stephanie Baliga. She's part of the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago. And uh, now she's getting into long-distance running. In fact, she has done it, uh, marathon running. Uh, talk about that transition going from running cross-country, which I think is several miles, and now uh, the feat of running a marathon, which is 26.2. How did you make that decision to go long-distance? Um, I actually wanted to run marathons since I was a little kid. I knew that the marathon was a distance I'd be the best at because I was distances were never long enough for me. I was always getting out-kicked and out-sprinted. Uh, so I was looking forward to the transition to the marathon as soon as I got out of college. Um, however, I was injured a lot my last few years in college. I also became a religious sister, so I did not come out of college like slamming marathons. So I eventually um, ran some marathons competitively several years after college and um, eventually ran a 253 marathon uh, in 2014, I believe. Um, and that's probably the best marathon I'm ever going to run. Um, it was a great gift. So you accomplished the goal of running a marathon on a treadmill to raise money for the mission of Our Lady of the Angels. In fact, you uh, broke the world record or set the world record for running a marathon on a treadmill. And this was during the whole uh, COVID outbreak. So obviously marathons were canceled and you took it indoors. Tell us how you came up with the idea and also setting that world record was quite a feat. Yeah, so the key moment is finding a record that doesn't exist, right? So that's what you got to do if you want to break a world <laughs> record, is find one that doesn't, no one's already, no one's done already, because if not, it's too hard to do. Um, anyway, so I, was what happened, I run, I'm in charge of a large charity team for the Bank of America Chicago Marathon every year. Uh, we had, we have over 100 runners in our team every year, uh, and in April or so, when the pandemic was beginning, um, people were starting to doubt whether the marathon would happen in October. And to motivate them and try to say, hey, this pandemic thing is going to be over, which it obviously wasn't. Um, in October, um, I promise, I'm so sure this race is not going to get canceled, that I promise I will run a marathon on a treadmill if the race gets canceled. So that was my promise to my team. Um, okay, so that seemed like an okay thing to say in April when it seemed like things were going to get better. But then guess mm -hmm. what? They actually canceled the race in July. So then I had to uh, make make up for my promise. So I did it. I ran a marathon at Treadmill. It was great. The media got wind of this. This really garnered national attention, uh, especially in, in running circles. But talk about uh, the notoriety that came out of uh was, you know, setting out doing a marathon on a treadmill and ultimately setting that world record. Yeah, it was a great gift uh, and a great tool of evangelization. I was blessed that many people uh, found it extremely interesting that I was running a marathon on a treadmill in my basement, uh, which was great. I we ended up raising over a hundred and seventy thousand dollars with the treadmill marathon alone for our work with the poor on the west side of Chicago at Mission of Our Lady of the Angels. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the combination of me being a religious sister, the treadmill on a ma marathon on a treadmill in my basement during COVID to raise money for a food pantry that was massively large, um, combined with the world record thing, was like just an attractive package for the media. Um, and it was just a great way to raise awareness for our work with the poor 
the increased incredible need for food because of the pandemic, as well as um, spreading the gospel. It was a beautiful thing. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Sister Stephanie Baliga. Once again, she's part of the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago. And you were toying with making it to the uh, to the marathon and the Olympic trials. Uh, are you still considering that? Uh, no, I have. I am not going to qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon. I, for a long time, thought I might be able to. Um, after I ran that 253 marathon in 2014, mm-hmm. I uh, the the qualifiers only seven minutes faster than that. So it was a reasonable um, goal. Uh, However, I, uh, lots of things in life became very busy. Um, We, I began, I began teaching. Um, We expanded our outreach, the mission to uh, include an additional building um, that I was doing the renovations for uh, and a lot of other things uh, really cut into my training. So it was just really clear that God wanted me to focus on other things instead of training. Uh, and it would have required a lot of training to cut off those last seven or eight minutes um, from my time. Now, your life as a religious sister is very orderly, disciplined. How do you fit in the time just to train for these marathons? Well, so I don't train for marathons. That's the cool thing. It's a great thing. I I don't really train. I train minimally. So when I'm training for a marathon, I run like two days a week. One is like a 20-mile run and one is like another run. Uh, that's why I stopped trying to qualify for the big trials because it wasn't going to work. Um, before, when I earlier, like in 2013, 14, 15, I had a little bit more time, so I had more time to train. Um, but no, I just run marathons for fun now. Um, so on a low training yeah, that's quite amazing. Just pop out for a 20-mile run and then run a uh, 26.2 at a later date. Um, you know, with all the uh, training apparatus, uh, fitness apps, uh, nutrition, and you're doing putting in minimal time with this, at, at least for preparing for a marathon, is it tough for you when you're doing marathon, your body? How does it adapt to the rigors of doing a long race of that sort? Uh, yeah, so I've been running for a very long time. I was very high mileage in college, so I ran a lot. Um, and I do a ton of manual labor as part of my day-to-day life. I move uh, literally tons and tons and tons of food every single week with my own body, like my own physical strength. And um, additionally, uh, I do train some. I mean, so, so I do like I mean, do a couple training runs, so it's not just from scratch. Uh, and I just, my body is, I'm very blessed to have a lot of natural endurance skills. So it can kind of take that without a big issue. So I'm going to get older eventually too. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, you're doing quite well. Now, recruiting runners, uh, I mean, I think you're trying to recruit over 100 runners to raise over uh, $200,000 to run the marathon in October of 2021. How does that recruitment take place? Is it by uh, word of mouth to, that gets out? to know what you're doing or do you have to like uh, recruit these runners by uh, meeting them or through uh, the web? How do you, how does, how do you go about that? Yeah, it's a mix of all the things. So um, I'm pretty much continuously recruiting for the team and we would love anyone who's listening to the show to run the 2021 Chicago marathon with team Arlie of the angels. I have, I have guaranteed entries into the race, which means uh, instead of entering your name into the general pool of names that they pick randomly from, I can guarantee you a spot into the race for 2021. Um, we would love to have anyone on the team. So you can go to missionola.com to, uh, if anyone's interested in learning more about that.
All right. So if anyone is interested, please go to that uh, site and uh, you could be running with Sister Stephanie in October of 2021. All right. Let's take a break on the other side. How a broken foot led to the vocation of this long distance runner. More with Sister Stephanie Beliga when Blessed to Play returns after this. Check out EWTN's official YouTube channel. Just follow the link on our homepage at EWTN.com or go to YouTube.com slash EWTN. Watch EWTN's live shows or today's homily from the Daily Mass. Click the upload button to see our most recent clips. You can also find all of EWTN YouTube content by clicking the playlist button. It's all on the official EWTN YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash EWTN. Visit today. When we pray, we should talk to God. It sounds simple. It's not always that simple. It's just like making any conversation, though. So sometimes we need prayer starters, things that'll give us a boost and get the conversation going. The formal prayers we have in the church, like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, even the Creed, all of these things are ways that we can begin to talk to God. God doesn't get tired of hearing us say the standard prayers of the church. We can begin there. Lord Jesus Christ, who are called the Prince of Peace, who are yourself our peace and reconciliation, who so often said, Peace to you, grant us peace. Make all men and women witnesses of truth, justice, and brotherly love. Banish from their hearts whatever might endanger peace. Enlighten our rulers that they may guarantee and defend the great gift of peace. May all the peoples of the earth become as brothers and sisters. May longed-for peace blossom forth and reign always over us all. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Sister Stephanie Baliga who is part of the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago. If you listen to the first half of the show, she's quite a runner. She ran collegiately at the University of Illinois. Cross-country for the Illini did quite well. And then she got into running long distance, in fact, marathons. She set the world record for a marathon on a treadmill, and she's doing it for a good cause to raise money for a food pantry in Chicago, uh, which she works at, and recruiting team members and... Uh, in hopes of running the 2021 Chicago Marathon to raise money for this pantry. I want to get into this broken foot that happened while you were running cross-country at the University of Illinois, which led to you considering a vocation, which came to fruition actually in 2010 when this order started. But talk about that link between the broken foot and becoming a religious sister. Yeah, um, so as I mentioned, I was running, running since I was nine and when I was in high school and early college, running was definitely the most important thing um, in my life. It was in my main focus. It was the thing I thought about all the time, the thing that kept me moving. Um, and then my sophomore year, I was on a regular training run, and um, a my a bone in my foot shattered in half. It was not a normal injury. It was a very weird injury. Um, and pr- from overstress from training. And 
I had to take a lot of time off. And so during that time, I really reevaluated my life priorities, realizing that elite distance running is an actual job was not something that was going to be happening for me. Uh, also realizing that running itself was clearly not the meaning of life um, and trying to reevaluate why I, what I was doing and why I was doing it. and Who was I and why am I here? Some of these questions that people frequently have when they're searching for God. So I ended up getting more involved with the Catholic Church on campus uh, during that time. So the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago is a relatively new order uh, founded in 2010. And you you thought this was a good fit for you. Tell us why. Yeah, so I ended up discerning from this initial experience I ended up having on a retreat at, at U of I where I had a very powerful experience at Eucharistic Adoration where I realized that Jesus was really present in the Eucharist. And once that I realized that, I knew that I had to change um, change my whole life and what I thought about and what I did and how I acted and um, all these things. So then from there, I also discerned that that initial calling was a call to religious life. And I also felt very drawn to the Franciscan charism. So I began to discern with Franciscan communities. Uh, and when I found out about this community that was being founded in Chicago, um, I came to visit and I felt very at home and knew this is where I was supposed to be. Um, and it's been a great gift. And yes, yeah, so it it's a brand new community founded in 2010. We'll talk about the work that you're doing, where you're located in Chicago. I believe it's in Humboldt Park and you have a, a food pantry there, which feeds, I believe, a thousand families each week. So talk about uh, the balance of living the religious life and also about this food pantry and the, and the type of people that you are serving. Yes, we live in West Hall Park, which is one of the most challenged neighborhoods in Chicago and in the country right now, especially with the pandemic. Um, we have a lot of unemployment, crime, difficulties, people with lots of issues. It's been super challenging. So um, we exist to serve the poor and to do evangelization, which largely takes the, takes the form of teaching in poor Catholic schools. Uh, as well as we are focused on Eucharistic adoration as a, for, a main form of our prayer. Eventually, we'll have perpetual adoration here on location at the mission and every site we open after this point. Um, so those are the main focuses of our community. Um, our food pantry has been a main, has always been the main, one of the main things we do here at the mission. During the pandemic, our pantry has been three to four times the normal size it has normally has been in December. 2020, we served almost 4,000 individual families with 50 to 60 pounds of food each. Um, and even during other months of the pandemic, we've been serving over 3,000 families a month. Um, and we anticipate this continuing well into 2021 through potentially May or June. We will see how this goes. Well, that's great work that you are doing, obviously, in challenging times and with all the unrest, specifically in Chicago, being able to serve these people. Uh, People, folks that come in that are in need is uh, probably uh, more in need now than it's ever been before in the United States. Is, is it only serving the poor? Do you do other outreaches besides that? Yeah, so we serve the poor is our one of our central apostolate. And then we also do evangelization in various formats, both in the neighborhood and in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So we do a lot of retreats, and then some of us teach, including myself, in poor Catholic schools. I teach part-time uh, K through 8 religion at a school, uh, as well as we do a lot of different work in the archdiocese, as asked. Uh, and then, as mentioned, a lot of the, our 
uh, the retreats that we do frequently during non-COVID times are focused around Eucharistic adoration mm -hmm. and focused on the importance of the real presence in the Eucharist, um, trying to bring people back to the Eucharist, back to Mass, uh, to refocus on Jesus as the center of their lives. Now, the people you serve at the pantry, do they, they uh, know you as the sister who runs? They frequently, I am frequently identified as such, um, yes, but mostly I'm running around, so they don't really see me um, at the pantry, especially during COVID. It's been, the pantry is, a, our pantry right now is a drive-thru. Uh -huh. People are only at the pantry for literally four seconds, because they open their trunk, we shovel with food, we close the trunk, drive away. So the human interaction end of COVID has been a little <laughs> scanty, not much human interaction, but um, there's lots of smiling and waving. So, um, but we're getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that interaction is limited, obviously, for the times that we're living in right now. Hopefully that will change. I was thinking about in Scripture, there's the metaphors of running the good race, uh, you know, and applying that to the spiritual life. Do you identify with these Scriptures in a, a most special way? Yes, St. Paul. I'm, uh, I've been compared to St. Paul in some ways of my kind of outrageous zeal for things. Um, and so he's, uh, he's the man. I enjoy St. Paul. He's a good guy. Um, and I love his metaphors, of course, that have to do with running, especially um, 2 Corinthians 9, I believe. I'm, ter I'm terrible at scripture, quoting scripture. Um, the, but this, uh, that we run the race that's put before us and that we um, are able to um, run, finish the race that's ahead of us and to look to the finish line because Jesus will be there waiting for us. Um, and although we all have a long ways to be, be like St. Paul, uh, we can definitely look to his zeal and his love for Jesus and try to imitate the best we can every day, which if we can, then we can meet Jesus at the finish line. Yeah, good words there. Now, have you recruited any of your uh, sisters to go out for a light 20-mile uh, jog on a given Sunday or day of the week? Yes, I think three of our <laughs> sisters here have run a marathon. So wow. there's only 10 of us here total. So, yes, high percentage of marathon runners. So... Um, yeah, it's and people go through different points in time where they haven't run. Some of them haven't run for a while, but they did for various purposes over time. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Sister Stephanie Baliga. She's part of the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago um, and doing some great work with a food pantry there in West Humboldt Park in a really challenging part of Chicago, as you mentioned, with crime and in poverty. I want to talk about your prayer life, uh, sister, because um, obviously this is the heart of your vocation and who you are. So tell us about a typical day in the life of Sister Stephanie uh, by the time you get up to when you turn it down for the night. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I, we, um, I pray in the morning, uh, and then we have morning, and we do some work, and then we have morning prayer and mass, and then we have breakfast together, usually, depending on the day. And then we have no typical day here because we live off divine providence in a very real sense in that we don't buy things for ourselves. We receive everything in through donations. Mm -hmm. So our days are very varied depending on what's going on and who comes and when they come, which is sometimes completely unpredictable. Um, and then otherwise, um, I do a lot of work personally with I'm in charge of the food pantry. So I do a lot of work organizing the pantry. Uh, I do a lot of work with, we're renovating a building that once COVID's over, we'll be um, using it for our new outreach center on the west side of Chicago. Uh, and then 
uh, we are, I'm also spending a lot of time. I do the, I do teach part time and then doing a lot of admin work. Uh, and then we have a holy hour together at five o'clock, uh, and then dinner together. And then in the evening organizing ourselves or then taking some more time to pray, uh, and then going to bed. So it's a little bit unlike some other religious communities where they have very, very set schedules. Our schedule is a little bit more loose because of the nature of our life. Now, we talked earlier about recruiting for the marathon, but how do you recruit potential uh, gals to come in to at least just take a look at your order right there in Chicago? Yeah, so we don't recruit. So that's good news. We uh, we allow God to bring the people that are supposed to be here here, which happens in various capacities. Um, We're blessed that we have a lot of volunteers in and during non-COVID times, we have a lot of service groups that are a lot of college students. So they come in, they kind of see what it's like to live here. Uh, we also have a parallel community of men. I'd like to shout out to. Um, so we have men and women here. Mm-hmm. Um, parallel community of friars. So um, mostly it's by if people. A lot of discernment is done via the internet at this point in time. So if people find out about us, they kind of go look us up, send us an email, and we'll have more. Well, there might be a, a young woman or a young man listening to this show, and they want to know more about your order, or maybe they could uh, do you know, take part in a come and see, where could they go to to find out more about that? Yeah, they can go to franciscansoftheeucharistofchicago.com or just type in Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago into Google for the first link. Um, and yeah, we'd love to talk to you. Now, in the closing moments of our show, I have to ask you, I know, you know, being a baseball player during my life, I had some uh, baseball players growing up that I looked up to or wanted to be like. Who are those runners that you uh, looked up to when you were a young runner? Yeah, so actually, cool story. So I looked a lot up to Dina Castor, who was the bronze medalist in the 2005, I think, whenever Olympics was in Athens. I think it was 2005. Um, and so she won the bronze medal in the marathon. And she, um, through the providence of God and the organization of many people, Dina Castor joined me for the last mile of my triple marathon. She was on the Zoom, and it was awesome. It was a great gift. So. Um, in an ironic way, and when I was not running very fast or very well, um, I was met with my childhood hero. It was, it was a kind of a ironic, amazing experience. <laughs> That's a neat story. Well, sister, uh, Stephanie Beliga is doing great work there in Chicago, helping with the poorest of the poorest. And she's, uh, continuing to train for the marathon, the 2021 Chicago marathon and, recruiting people to do so to raise money for the pantry sister i want to thank you for coming on blessed to play and i uh i hope the 2021 marathon does come to fruition so you could raise money for a great cause and thank you for joining us here on blessed to play yeah great to be here with thanks for having me hey blessed to play fans check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com that's blessed the number two play.com you can like us on facebook hit us up on twitter at blessed to play for sister stephanie beliga I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.